0: And welcome back to the Middling Along podcast. My guest today is Steph Douglas, CEO and founder of Don't Buy Her Flowers. Uh, So unless you've been hiding under a rock for uh, about the last six years, you're bound to have seen Don't Buy Her Flowers. And they put together gifts either for individuals wanting to send uh, sort of packages of thoughtful gifts by post. And they also work with companies now. So welcome to the podcast, Steph.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So you started the company in 2014. Is that right? Yes. Working yes. out of your spare bedroom. And you've talked a lot about the sort of the why, of, you know, why you founded the company. And obviously the name comes from this sort of situation that many of us have found ourselves in where we kind of get bombarded with, with bunches of flowers with a newborn baby and absolutely no time to, you know, go to the toilet, never mind find sort of seven different vases to, yeah. to put flowers in. So, yeah. you're, you, you know, you were offering an alternative that, that absolutely wasn't out there at the, at the time. But what I think is really interesting to to dig into a bit more is the kind of the how of building the company and and sort of how you went about it in the early days, how you kind of took the decisions, I guess, to sort of scale up each time and and what it was like starting something from the ground up.
1: I mean, I never had a big grand plan. I know these days I think people were like, oh, what's your five year strategy? What's your exit strategy (laughs) and all of that? And it wasn't. It was very much me in my spare room. Um, I had two small kids so I'd the idea came after my first and that was when I first realized that flowers are a really terrible gift if you've just had a baby like I just had no concept <laughs> yeah, bring cake I, I didn't yeah I didn't know that you got gifts I didn't know that that was a lovely thing that the doorbell was going and people were like things were turning up I didn't know that how overwhelming it was going to be I didn't know what an absolute shock motherhood was going to be and so yeah that was the, that was where kind of the idea and I had to, my first two kids are quite close together. So I I was like on maternity leave quite a bit and would give people, you know, send some stuff to people, send them some chocolate in a magazine and all that And people were responding to that. And so the idea kept building and I was one of the first in our kind of London mates to have a baby. Mm-hmm. And then so then we were just very much in that zone. We'd done all the weddings the previous year or two, and then it was all the the babies. And yeah, it just was it was really simple, but I was very happy in a job. I was part time. I worked in brand marketing. I liked what I did, but it was just trying to make it all work. Like I was realizing, I was that that raced to get back. And actually, I wonder what a working environment is like now compared to it was eight nine years ago. Because people didn't work flexibly. It was very yeah. rare for people to work from home. It was a big deal. And actually, if anyone did work from home, they were seen as they were probably skiving off. Like it was a really different world actually. But that race, you know, every day trekking into London and that race to get back was a big part of of the decision, I think. Mm. And then, um, so my kids, when I started were two and three, my first two children, I've had another one since and I started really small. It was really focused. I started with a blog first actually, which I could, I started while I was still working. And I think that was a big confidence thing for me because I needed to do something. I knew I needed to do something to get on this journey towards don't buy her flowers, and I couldn't work out what that could be. But and it sounds really strategic and smart now, but it wasn't really. I was like, (laughs) if I I start a blog, I love writing. I've got all this stuff I'd love to say about motherhood. I'll start by writing, and that kind of snowballed, and and posts were being really shared and read, and. And it was at a time where there was kind of a bit of a mum blogger thing mm. happening.
0: I was going to ask, um, did you ever kind of hate
1: being labelled as a mummy blogger? I didn't mind it. I've, I've been quite lucky because I've had the business coinciding with, them. apart from that first six, eight months, I've always had the business. Mm. So I'm not, no one could say I was just something, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I kind of didn't get labelled in the same way, even with the influencer stuff. It's like, but I, and I, I dabbled in that. But I had the business to focus on, so that's a always means been. to an the, end. Yeah, and then the business is the priority. But the the blogging, like I met loads of really amazing people who I still keep in touch with. Who've got lots of them have gone on to become authors and doing amazing things. So yeah, that but that blog was kind of a stepping stone, and I think it. I had the security of still working in my old job whilst I started testing the waters, and and the feedback for that, which was really writing about how I was finding motherhood, the feedback was people go oh me too this is how I feel and it was like okay if everyone's at home feeling like this and actually motherhood is harder than we've been told from previous generations perhaps then it would make sense that if you gave them a gift that was about TLC rather than a bunch of flowers when they have a baby they would welcome that and that was really because we now we do loads of gifts and lots of occasions and and kids and dads and, and, and men and all the other things. But at that point, it was just gifts for new mums. So I needed to know that it worked for that audience and then I just started really small I I wrote a business plan just because I am that kind of person that likes to do things properly <laughs> um, and I know there's lots of messaging now about winging it but honestly like you can't there's only so much you can wing it when you're putting money into something and and not taking a salary which I wasn't so it's was kind of relying on we're all suddenly relying on one income mm. so it was quite a big deal leaving my job but I initially before I left my job it was like right I could start looking at products I could start looking at what courier? Would we use Royal Mail? Would we use a courier? Like, how are we going to package this? So there was loads I could do before it went anywhere near anyone publicly. Um, And I kept it quite quiet. I felt really anxious of... One, I think you get lots of opinion, so everyone's going to give you an opinion. It's like a baby name. If you tell people your baby name before the baby's born, everyone's going to go, oh, my God, and that's a dreadful name. Or, oh, I know, an idiot at school called that. But if you wait till after the baby's born, people are generally not going to say oh that's a shit name and it uh, kind of similar I think with the business other everyone had an opinion and they're talking about something that doesn't exist yet you know so I needed to I had a few really like kind of close network of people who I valued their opinion and then everyone else just didn't know so it seemed really sudden when I then started a business but I'd been working on it for a long time
0: and and at what point did you think this is really going to take off or, or did you get that ever in the kind of early days?
1: I think there were points where I was like, there's something in this. I think that was, it It wasn't like I didn't have any idea of scale or I still, and I still don't like, like, we haven't taken investment to this point. So everything has been, there's only so quickly you can grow when you haven't mm. taken investment unless you're one of a few very lucky brands that blow up. So it's been really steady, but I think we started in the November and the first mother's day would have been March, of 2015, so five, six months later, and I mean, the volume now would be quite pitiful, but at the time it was a big deal because I was getting I don't know how many I I couldn't I think the first month we did something like 30 orders bear in mind that probably was a lot of family and friends and so and it and it grew steadily consistently always until we hit COVID which is a whole other we can come on to yeah we'll come back to that (laughs) yeah the that that March I just remember it being orders were coming in and they were people that I didn't know there were names And places in the country, the orders were coming from, and I was like, oh, this is just people who are seeing this thing that they like the look of. And we did, we launched packages with uh, ready-made gin and tonic, the Bloom Gin and Tonic, which we still do. And those were really popular for Mother's Day. And there there was, there's a lot of hamper companies that do like sets where you get Mm. like a beauty set or you get a food and drink set, or I don't know, like it's sort of themed. Whereas ours, is there's kind of a load of categories and you the whole point is that you hand pick what you want to send mm. to that person so you can
0: but you can choose whatever combination you like out of the 200 and plus things that you've got yeah
1: and we and we have some we have some set packages because you will get people probably who go on a website and go oh i, I don't know what to do <laughs> um help yeah. me but there's there's lots are 70% of our packages are completely bespoke so they're the people want to spend the time and create their own thing and they put include their hand their you know their message which we hand write and it's all gift wrapped so they they take quite a lot of time and effort which is exactly what we want because it's meant to be thoughtful that's the point but yeah so the the idea and I don't think I still don't think there's many people doing it we've seen lots of people try and copy us if I'm really on it you know and it used to really upset me or really wind me up. And now I just ignore it because chances are they won't be around in a year or two. Like, they, And they do, I've seen it over the eight years. Um, or they have a crap website or they use cheap products. Or, you know, there's lots of things that we do. And I think we do really well that require time and detail and a really good team. it's not just me anymore. And so, yeah, we just need to be consistent and keep improving. And I think that's the... The key to it, but but that idea of putting something bespoke and that Mother's Day, I was like, oh my god, because it felt mad. And you were and still using other... your spare bedroom then. Presumably. I was Two years, I did that for. Yeah, and my and Sarah Turner, who's the unmumsy mum, who's mm-hmm. got a huge Instagram following, and and back then it was she had a big following. She posted something on Facebook. I said she I didn't know her, I don't know her now. Um, and we ended up randomly staying in a hotel to get the blog awards and we'd vaguely met and we stayed in a room together and a bed, which was so fun. So she's I lovely. <laughs> yeah, she's lovely. But she I contacted her and was like, Oh, I've got this business. Would you do you have anyone you want to send a gift to? Rather than because I think people get a bit wary or weary of influencers people being sent stuff who don't need anything they've already got loads of stuff they don't need more stuff mm. and so I and it also that doesn't really convey what don't buy her flowers is about and I said to her do you have anyone that might could do with a box or maybe they're having a baby and she was like oh my best friend is is a few hundred miles away and she's having her first baby I'd love to send her a package so we, we did all that and arranged it for her and when her friend got it, she'd cried and she'd like said, Oh my god, this was the most amazing gift. And Sarah had took a screenshot of that and put it on her Facebook and it went mad. And I was on holiday. And so I from those couple of examples, that Mother's Day and that one, I I kind of understood if more people knew about this, when people are told about us, then it yeah, gets busy. They
0: get it. <laughs> yeah. Get
1: it. It's not a hard sell. And I've said that, I still say in that eight years on, it's not a hard sell because we what we do, we do really well. And there's not, it doesn't exist in lots of places. So it's people want to be thoughtful.
0: Yeah, well, and also there's something about the reaction of the recipient as well that must have a real kind of emotional impact on the sender as well as the receiver. And that I don't know, just just that kind of emotional connection they have to that transaction then makes them feel really good. You know, it's not often we we feel yeah. good about spending money. <laughs>
1: no but you're right and that's why we get lots of people we get lots of returning customers like it's a a really high percentage and yeah because they feel good I I did some interviews with some of our some of our customers when it was our sort of eight year anniversary at the end of last year and I just wanted to kind of remember what it was about and and talk to people about why they were using us and was there stuff we could do better and um they yeah they said you make me look really good you make me look good I send your gifts and you make me look good and so yeah there's something in it for you as well as for the person that receives it which is lovely you know it's great because that's that's going to make customers come back isn't it if they feel good and it was easy and it was smooth and the person loved it then you're onto a winner. And how, um, and then you,
0: you moved to sort of out of your spare bedroom into a warehouse in, in 2016. Yeah. Did that feel like like a fairly sort of big leap of faith to you? Or, or did you just have to do that do that because you were outgrowing kind of what you had?
1: We were outgrowing, but it came, so I was, I was kind of looking around, but I remember speaking to some friends who lived in, so I'm in Richmond. They so had some friends that lived in Putney who was involved in an agency and his rent was something like 80 grand was it a year it must have I don't know it well no it's more than that it was a crazy amount of money that I was like blood how you've got to make that money back before yeah. you even <laughs> have done anything yet you know just for your rent um so I knew it couldn't it wasn't going to work around here and I knew that also we had to do it ourselves because it's bespoke everything's packed to order you've got a handwritten tag I didn't trust the idea of like a fulfillment center of uh, yeah. doing that and I was talking to my brother about it and he and I was thinking of getting investments I could was thinking that was the only way forward and my brother was like oh I could do it I could run it from Gloucestershire and um I was like oh I actually could work and literally drove away and said to Doug that could work um, and I think there's a thing here about trusting your gut because I could have very easily batted that off and just been like you oh, know but I think I don't know I, I don't know if you can say everything happens for a reason or just things seem to align sometimes when you- and if you take that gamble if you go like yeah well that could work and you think it through you know it's like when you meet somebody and they introduce you to somebody and it's somebody that I suppose if you put yourself out there and have those conversations then maybe something can come from that and and chat my brother Chaz I trust him completely I can't Mm. imagine having done it with a straight like finding someone he was my first proper salaried employee and so it was quite nerve-wracking and we but we'd grown the business in those two years and tested it, and could see it growing, so knew that we what we could afford. And I think that's a really key thing as well to do that. But yeah, and he, he's doing really well.
0: And you talked, uh, you mentioned earlier the sort of the, the intervention of, of the COVID pandemic. Mm, yeah. How on earth did you cope with that? Yeah, I mean, what? It was mad. I kind of woke up and was like, <laughs> "What is going on?"
1: Yeah. Yeah it was emotional as well because obviously you had it, it made work it meant that the business went off the chart busy for us that like it was beyond anything I could have expected um, and we were very very lucky because we had just moved to a new warehouse in the October before in 2019 had we not moved the first warehouse that we had was tiny and I, we wouldn't have been able to do it so Ooh. that was so there was lots of luck and fortuitous kind of decisions that had happened without us really knowing but yeah and we were on Lorraine that week because it was the same week as Mother's Day which was the, the week that Boris announced that we'd be going into this lockdown and the schools wouldn't be open, and so that week was like this frenzy of everyone going, "Oh, I won't be seeing my mum this Mother's Day. Oh, I better not because she's 70. And you know, mm. and until that point, we'd all been kind of joking and elbow touching and not. Re- and that was the week it shifted. it happened to coincide with Mother's Day. We happened to be on Lorraine with our gift boxes, and it just went and it and it kept going. We kept saying, "Well, this this probably won't last," and then it just did for most of the next two years you know we dipped ups and downs but every time there was another lockdown and every time there were more restrictions we just saw it rocket again so it we learned a massive amount like all of us the team I learned a lot about leading as well about Mm. managing a team because they're also all going through a lot as was I you know of being shut up with your family of having your children at home of your worrying about your parents and worrying at that point especially that early bit of like have I got it could I have it you know when you couldn't test you almost can't remember mm. that
0: it, it, it's a very weird looking back on it now isn't it that you've almost sort of blank out the the worst of it I think people have said to me "Or like well how did you homeschool two children and still do your job I'm like I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's not like no, I had no, a choice
1: no, no <laughs> well exactly drank heavier than I should have done probably <laughs> like it's dreadful but yeah it was mad I can't really remember I think especially that first the first few months when Frank who was at the time two was oh, at goodness. home oh, I mean that was horrific because the, the other two kids were still relatively young so maybe would have been seven and Buster was nine and but they could sit at an iPad and they could yeah you know while well, we worked but then the he had a two-year-old, just, a two-year-old. <laughs> yeah, crashing stuff around the house and we both were busy And I went off to the warehouse every week, which was great that I could because I needed to be with my team. And they were going through all this stuff there, where they're just going, "Oh my god, we had a like we were breaking records that more than we'd ever done." I think by the end of twenty twenty, the business had we were we were turning over like six hundred percent more than we had done before it's COVID. It's a bit surreal. <laughs> yeah, and now it's like it's we're nowhere near where we were pre-COVID, but it's quieter and it's just a really tough time in retail. And so we're like, but I know what's possible. So you're kind of like, oh, we know what we can do. So it's a funny, funny time.
0: Are your uh, kids obviously kind of very aware of kind of what you do? Are, are any of them kind of interested, maybe Frank's a bit young, but are any of them interested in getting involved with the family business when they're older?
1: I think Buster Buster's really so he's 12 he's really interested by the idea of money as most 12 year olds are <laughs> so he's like so if you sell it for millions it's that stuff but what he did we were having a chat so I I've, I've learned that with cuz he started secondary in September mm-hmm. and it is a massive change isn't it like Yeah my son
0: also same same age same situation Oh uh, really yeah what started secondary it's such yes. a big change did you forget oh I mean you eons ago and yeah
1: Yeah but it does. At the same time, I feel like I. I was like, well, I've done this. It doesn't feel as long. ago, I don't know. It's a. Yeah. It's really it weird. But hard. the change Come on in this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it. It's just so much stuff for them to remember. The bloody ta- changing timetables and kits and books and. But we were walking to rugby, and I've I've realised. I need time with him but it can't be time where you're sitting opposite them going so what's happened at school today because I just get nothing (laughs) yeah but just going somewhere like in the car or walking so we were walking to rugby Frank had scooted off and um and he he was like asking me about the business and I was explaining because he's 12 you can get quite detailed I can't enjoy I love talking about the business so I'm like telling him stuff and he's like you must feel pretty good about it mum and I think that's the first time he's said something like that and I was like Oh yeah, thanks, Must. I was like, you know, it's, it's quite hard because it has been hard, and I was like, oh, it's quite hard, but thanks. Just thinking, oh God, don't and I start crying?
0: They <laughs> do come out with some deep stuff now and again. I know,
1: and it was really <laughs> nice because I just thought, oh, he's recognised it. And actually, I did a talk at Mabel's school. For, she's in year five. Um, they wanted to get some women. They didn't make a thing of the fact that I was a woman, but they wanted they want have had some women coming and talking about STEM and business mm. and stuff like that, which is great for the class, which is boys and girls, and um. You can see that she has a slight different take on what I do because she understood it. Because that's the first time she's seen me sort of present and explain it. And that's quite, I think it's quite nice. You just kind of have to hold on because at some point they'll be a bit older and you can actually explain what you do. And then they might have a bit of respect for it or they might at least understand me like well I have to go now rather than you know like Frank will be like don't leave me if I'm going somewhere and it's very dramatic he doesn't get that I'm going to work it doesn't you know doesn't mean anything to him um but so it's quite nice having that isn't it if I feel as guilty I don't know about you
0: yeah I mean I don't know the guilt is always there in some way shape or form isn't it if you're not feeling if you haven't got mum guilt then you've got daughter guilt or some other kind of guilt I don't know you've yeah, got true. it built in um, yeah. but you you know you do talk a lot about your sort of your day-to-day family life on on sort of social media mm. and it, I think that's a huge part of why you as a person who's kind of the figurehead of the company resonate with people is that you you're not sort of insta-shiny particularly you're, you know you, you are very honest about the the kind of the challenges and the ups and downs of parenting and freely share pictures of your your washing kind of drying in the, <laughs> in the heart of the family so home which is so t- I but definitely <laughs> resonates with me because that happens in my dining yeah. room, so
1: it's always I know these people that have a beautiful one day a beautiful big dedicated <laughs> washing room but it would have to be massive because there's so much bloody washing <laughs> it never stops
0: No. I was going to ask you if it was a big jump up going from two children to three but actually I don't think that's a fair question because you you kind of had your other baby your business baby in there and kind of doing this exponential growth at the same time.
1: I mean it is quite a big leap we someone had Frank to play on Sunday because uh, he's get that bit that bit where they could want to go to someone's house and you're confident that they can go and you don't have to be there mm. that's a nice change isn't it and we started watching an episode of Happy Valley in the middle of the day because Buster was doing something and Mabel was doing something so Doug and I sat down and I was just like can we just get half an hour in because <laughs> I haven't finished it and I was like oh we could have if we hadn't had Frank we could have done this at weekends and Doug was like oh don't like don't say that and I was like I'm not saying we get rid of him I'm just saying just the acknowledgement that we started again in lots of ways like Mabel's 10 Buster's 12 they're gaining that independence and we still have a five-year-old who comes in at six in the morning and kind of wants me to wipe his bum even though really he should be wiping his (laughs) bum they just prefer it when you do it so there's so yeah it's a big shift and I think you have to again I'm saying all this like I have some sort of wisdom but I think it's stuff that's coming to me now as we're living it like I I need to give the others time. That's what they need. Like, they just need time one-on-one, especially, I think, probably Mabel, my daughter. She needs time. And so it's trying to figure that out and without feeling guilty. Like, I don't, I'm banishing guilt. I, there's no point. It doesn't serve anyone. If I've done something wrong, that's a different thing because then that's what you're meant to feel guilty about. But actually, I'm just trying to mm-hmm. hold it together a lot of the time. And I think, yeah, I think as they become older, you can it might maybe it becomes easier to be able to communicate that with them and be like right and plan in and something and go like oh we're gonna go do this on this date and rather than that needy five-year-old grabby that just wants you there all the time and you can't explain to them that you can't necessarily be there all the time um yeah yeah, it was it was quite a big leap i I think it it depends how you i I mean i know people who've done it really close together and people who spread it out but there is frank is lovely my youngest and he it just changes the dynamic I think because he's at the end of the table performing and the older two find it funny so the the noises that come out around our table it's like a <laughs> farmyard it's disgusting and then Doug and I are like I'll oh, just give it like just guys just not in public okay this is fine <laughs> but if you're with other people with <laughs> yeah but yeah I think I'm one of six so I think I was drawn to chaos I think two just felt too neat but that is definitely it. I'm definitely not having any more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: I'm, I'm yeah. the oldest of three as well, so I think I went the other day, de- uh, the other way. I was like, no, I'm two. I'm definitely done. Yeah, and I Started yeah. a bit later, so.
1: But in some uh, ways, I wish I had. I, in some ways, I'm almost envious of people who've gone right. I'm done because I think we say all that we've made our lives slightly harder. We've chosen all this, <laughs> and I'm not complaining. But yeah, it, it would have been easier to not have a five-year-old kicking about, but he's delicious so you know he is delicious
0: I've, <laughs> I've enjoyed following your uh what was it your your baked potato Mondays or your oh yeah oh, I know Monday. he's every
1: now and then now he's like we're we not having a mommy day anymore he's like really cottoned on to the fact that we don't get that now and he's like oh because he's just started reception he's like do I have to go again today okay. like, yes it's every day every weekday but um yeah he that I'm glad I did that because now I've kind of gained another day for work but I'm glad I had that day even though sometimes I would be cursing it you know just think oh my god I really could do with being working it goes like I know it's a cliche but it goes really quickly and then you're like oh if I hadn't done that I would have missed out actually it's tricky because we
0: can't necessarily compare and contrast And obviously, there are some great things about social media and kind of finding your community. But the flip side of that is ladling on some of that mum guilt or parenting guilt about, you know, not not doing it right, not doing enough, not, Mm. I don't know, teaching them Mandarin in your spare time or (laughs) I don't know. I mean, how, how do you how do you kind of counteract that or kind of cope with that? Or do you just sort of do your best to tune it out?
1: i think i think it's really hard to tune it out uh, and i think it for, especially for new mums like i don't i didn't do new mum of the first couple with instagram and i think i would have found that really hard because i think we have a habit of if you're feeling a bit shit that you probably spend more time scrolling mm-hmm. even though it's perpetuate it makes you feel worse and i haven't felt brilliant the last few months so i have, have struggled a bit just to overwhelm And I've wondered if it's burnout, but everyone seems to have burnout. And, you know, it's just, it's just a lot, I think. And maybe it's winter, I don't know. But I find that I need to delete Instagram. I need to take it off my phone. Like I don't post nearly as much as I did. And I think that's because I started to overthink it. And when I'm in a good place, that's probably when I post more and and I enjoy it. And I don't really worry about what's happening. Whereas I think if you're feeling a bit low or flat, it's not a good place to be. And you can't you can't distract yourself with the things that are actually going to make you feel better if you then just keep diving into your phone so it's almost like if you take it off your phone for a day or two or whatever it is I think it just frees up your head a little bit to just enjoy that moment or whatever it is without mm. sounding really naff because it's quite it's it's all-encompassing and it's really it's addictive it's meant to be it's created to be that way and you find yourself, you've started, you've gone on to look at something and then you're
0: like <laughs> half an hour later. Yeah,
1: just scrolling. And you kind of I just I don't know. I think every now and you think so I did. I interviewed um, a couple of ladies, Leanne Pero and Emma Campbell, who both have had have cancer and they were talking about gratitude. And I've always been quite sceptical, the idea of having a journal and writing my thanks for whatever. And I've just kind of thought, oh, that just is, you're giving me another thing to do. I don't want to do that. But having had this conversation with them, and I'd listened to them on, on Leanne on another podcast, I did it. And actually, it was something that Doug and I, I was like getting to bed and I was like, right, Doug, give me your three things from today. Because <laughs> I think we're so busy that we often haven't communicated. I might have told my mates about something. I might have told someone at the school gate about something well they've told me something we've had these conversations but doug and i haven't you know like, uh, something happened the other day oh i I'd, I'd left frank's scooter at the rugby club and i'd all week i'd meant to mess email and say have you found this scooter and then a week later, which i just got not got around to a week later i found the scooter we're literally walking past me oh that's our scooter boy at home <laughs> and then the following week doug was like oh you've you found frank's scooter and i just hadn't even I know it's not a big deal but there's just so many things happening every day for us both but we're not necessarily have finding time to communicate them so anyway putting writing down three things you're grateful for it's quite a good way together to then start a conversation about something that happened that day because we're so knackered by the time we get home and we wrestled kids to bed and then Buster and Mabel maybe haven't gone up to bed till nine. And then you've got about an hour and I want to be in bed. So I think that's quite a good way to, to yeah. pep yourself up a bit and just remember the good stuff. But I also noticed, obviously you're not putting anything on that list. That's like, Oh, I had a really interesting interaction on Instagram today, or I really enjoyed watching the meme that I, you know, when you've spent half an hour just scrolling through <laughs> shit memes the things where it's conversations or something someone did or something someone said or something something someone made you feel. And it's we're losing out. And again, this is really obvious. I'm not saying anything new, but we're losing out on those real interactions for having your head in a phone. Mm. And it, I don't think it's like there's there's loads of really good things about it, but I don't think we know yet how to use it. To, to for it to just be the benefits and for it not to also just really distract
0: mm. and I think having kind of kids going into that sort of about to be teenage cohort mm. it's also quite scary the idea mm. that they're suddenly going to get whoosh sucked into this kind of vortex of snapchat and whatsapp and instagram and and yeah, they're hooked, how, aren't
1: they? They're staring yeah. at their phone when they come in and you're like going, Uh, look up, I'm here. But then if we're also sitting there staring at our phone, then you can't, <laughs> you haven't got a leg to stand on, have you? So we're having to put in rules for Buster, but having to also adhere to them ourselves, which is a bit like, <laughs> oh. but I think that's the only way. Hmm. We keep thinking about having
0: a, a lockbox for so, yeah like, i've heard everyone good put your about phones those. in in at dinner time or whatever and because if it's yeah. there
1: if it's on the kitchen side and you walk past you will pick it up and you will put in your code and before you know it you're looking at something and then your family members behind you going what are you doing and like i don't even know i don't even know yeah. what i was doing yeah
0: in, in the meantime the dinner's kind of like
1: <laughs> you yeah. yeah, the really whole bottle up there you like oh yeah <laughs> Yeah, and then I'm moaning about how tired I am or I haven't had time to do this or I didn't have time to do that thing. And it's like, well, maybe, I don't know. I think that's one thing that I need to, to try and find a better balance of. And I'm not even on there that much now in comparison, but it's just that habit that that you need to break, I think.
0: And you talked about sort of the what you picked up from a couple of other I guess. So you've got your own um, Don't Buy Her Flowers podcast. Hmm what advice or sort of what other life lessons have you picked up from from the people that you've been interviewing on there
1: I think the relationship ones I just i love talking Mm. about relationships because I just think it's not it's not talked about nearly enough especially as you get older and you've got to try and hang on or you don't but trying to hang on to a relationship Um, (laughs) we don't get taught how to do that in
0: school the useful stuff like you know trigonometry teach me how to have a relationship how to have a you know a civil disagreement with somebody and come to a a compromise that would have been a bit more useful
1: exactly and living with someone and and also just that when you have kids you will probably be really resentful Mm. and you have to try and work out what that means and what are you actually resentful about? Like one guest talked about anger and why new mums feel angry. And actually it's not about anger. It's not anger like just what cut the emotion that comes out, but it's, it will be anxiety or, um, resentment or like there's a whole whole loneliness. It could be a whole host of things. And unless you've kind of figured that out. And I feel like I've, I'd love to about it now, but I had no idea when the kids were small, that was what was happening. um, so I think we had Matt Frey on, who, who um, obviously is a man, and he wrote about his why he ended up getting divorced and how he, he'd really struggled to... He didn't listen to his partner when she was mm. saying, oh, please, can you just put your dish in the dishwasher? And his book was really good, and Doug read it as well. And then that's led to conversations for Doug and I, which has been really helpful. About the mental load, we've had a few guests talk about that. Laura Danger is another one. Yeah. And that that's really helpful to have those conversations. I saw, um,
0: is it a cat from Not So Smug Now has got a, a download that you can buy. Yeah. It's like download the mental load. So you can like print it yeah. out and kind of get it out of your head and onto.
1: Yeah. So there's a, there's a woman in America, um Eve Rodsky, who kind of originated that idea, which is um, the fair play method. And it's exactly yes. that. Like you have these so cards and you split it all up and, um and that's, yeah like cuz it's complicated it's there's a lot of stuff and i think women just naturally or not naturally sorry we're prescribed <laughs> that we take it all on and then we think that that's what we're supposed to do and it it doesn't make anyone happy really mm, i think quite often get into that
0: situation where uh, my other half would say well what do you well what shall I do what do you want me to do
1: yeah
0: and I would just want to scream and say like you live here too you've got eyes yeah (laughs) you know look around
1: yeah it would be like is that washing dry oh I didn't think it was dry did you touch it did you did you feel it because that's how I would work it out I don't it's not magical yeah I
0: didn't go and get a degree in domestic science
1: and I think there's a huge amount that is that comes from it's not it's not just I don't think it's just like men are idiots and women are great obviously to a point no I I think we are taught this and we learn it and everything around us sort of compounds these ideals of what women are supposed to be and what and how we're supposed to and that's where the guilt all comes from because we're trying to live up to this thing and it's all horseshit, really it's like but but backing out of that and trying to look at it afresh as a couple is really hard but we've been trying um yeah well same but also I
0: see so I have uh an older son and a younger daughter so 12 and nine but already mm. I see the nine-year-old the girl falling into those kind yeah. of you know the same things of like oh can I do anything to help mummy, and the you yeah. know the the I love my son but you know he'll be kind of you know totally enthralled playing switch or whatever on the sofa wouldn't even think to come and ask yeah and yeah that just sort of breaks my heart a little bit and so yeah I need to I know. figure out what I'm doing about that well and that's what
1: I'll, I'll be particularly hard on Buster about picking his stuff up and putting it in the wash basket and all that stuff because I'm like I don't want this for you I want you to whoever you end up in a relationship with I want you to understand that it's not okay to leave your pants on the bathroom floor because why would they pick them up for you they shouldn't have to <laughs> That's going to be my gift to society. That's what I want to try and do with my gift, for them not to be useless.
0: lasting legacy. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. We're coming
0: up to time, so I'm just going to put you on the spot with one last question and say, if you were doing a Don't Buy Her Flowers package for your bestie, what would you send
1: them? Ooh, I'd go with the cashmere socks because they're really lovely. I would put in, I'm just thinking, I would put in some dark chocolate that I know that she'd love. I would put in a book because I think it's something that I love reading, and I know like people read on Mm. holiday. You go on holiday and you take a load of books, but it's something that it's it's time, isn't it? So it's just something you don't have a lot of time for. I would also go with a candle and some bubble bath. So I think what I love about what we do is that you can have a selection that you can enjoy all at the same time, so that you Mm. can have a bath with a candle, with your book, with a glass of wine or whatever, and that's. Kind of, and when that makes me really happy when I see people order those kinds of packages because I'm like, oh, they get it. That's what they're visualise them. <laughs> to, yeah, and you're trying to say to someone, have an evening. Eat, like go and have a hot bath, lock the door, have some time to yourself, and that's what most of us could do with most of the time.
0: And and you sometimes share, I think on on social media the the sort of the tags you know that you say are kind of the handwritten with the messages that people want to send out, and. Yeah, some of those are just incredibly moving and and powerful. And it, you know, like you say, in that kind of COVID period where you know you couldn't hug the people that you most wanted yeah. to hug in the world, that that was a way of being able it's to my do that. It's my way. favorite
1: thing about what we do, and I'm, it's my favorite way to remember why what the business is about. Because you know, you're managing a team, and it's challenging, and you're worrying about finances, or I don't know, all those other things. And if you go back to what people are saying to each other in those gift tags, it's a really good way to go. Oh, that's what we do. That's my why.
0: Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
1: Go. That's my why. Oh, thank you. Good.
0: So, have you? So, is is there a five year plan? <laughs>
1: no, we've just we've got at the moment corporate gifting. So the, the the website is it's steady and it's doing well. I could it could always do better, and I think. But we need money to grow that, so we've been looking at that. But I think the the thing that we're doing that's new at the moment out of the back of that we started doing fulfillment for other small businesses and that's quite exciting because we've learned all this stuff about you know managing and couriers and packing and stock management Mm. and and bespoke orders which is what we do and there's loads and loads of businesses who've been doing exactly as I did they're doing it in their garage or you know from their room bedroom and But would like to take that next step. But going to a fulfillment company is a big deal, Mm. whereas we can kind of do it in a slightly more friendly way. But also just that we're we've learned so much of how to do it. So that that's really exciting, because I think that's just a whole additional revenue stream that doesn't Mm. rely on me going out and getting customers. So it's a a different role. And it's also potentially a
0: step change in terms of the kind of size and scale of
1: yeah what you so and you can if you've got both going and both are doing well then you're in a whole other thing so I think yeah that's that and that I think that's what happened I think if you run a small business that's what you have to do to keep going is to keep looking at what what's the next thing what could I be doing it's you can't just sit and hope that more customers are going to turn up but especially not when you're in kind of a cost of living crisis and mm. it's it's a difficult time to be kind of banging the drum and saying oh spend more money like that's not that's not going to work and that's not what we do with thoughtful gift companies so I can't there's only so much I'm going to do that
0: well Steph thank you so much for, for coming along it was an absolute joy to talk to you and um yeah we'll drop a link to don't buy her flowers in the show notes although I'm pretty sure that everybody listening to this has heard of you probably even yeah. used your services at least once so <laughs> but yeah it was fascinating to to hear about building the business in particular and and, and your journey so thank you thank
1: you thank you for having me
0: you've been listening to the middling along podcast do remember to subscribe to be notified when our next episode is live and why not visit the blog at www.middlingalong.com to sign up to my newsletter as well i do hope you enjoyed listening today if you did i'd be really grateful if you would consider leaving a short review as that helps people find the podcast and helps get it noticed hope you can join us next time goodbye for now